Hey, golly, daddy, we're back. <laughs> the awkward silence. She thought I was going to talk. <laughs> What's hey. going on, everybody? How y'all doing? Yo, you sound so country right now. Or is it just me? Maybe, I don't know. They probably don't think so. Don't to me, you sound country. But happy Thursday. Hopefully, you guys are listening to this when it comes out. It's your host, Tavares. And Safa. The lovely lady, Safa. And as you can tell by today's title... You guys will hopefully be hearing more from her and not this boy blabbing his gums, you know. <laughs> so we want to talk about the importance of a godly woman. Um, so for men that are listening, this is the type of woman that you should be pursuing after, the type of woman um, that you should be praying that our sisters become. And for ladies, this is the type of woman I would say that you should be you should be striving to be. Right. Um, and if I guess if there are areas where as you don't see yourself lining up, it's not a shot at you. Just areas that you could consider, you know, in your prayer that you can grow in and areas that, you know, you can encourage other sisters to walk alongside with that. So, maybe I'll let you matter it. No, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. So, as far as why it is important to be a godly woman, I, I think God desires, he wants godly women in his kingdom. I mean, um, we have many hats, I feel. And one of them is to be a helpmeet to, mm. um, you know, the that's brothers my favorite, in the church. That's, the, that's if, my favorite if, hat. <laughs> if that is the role God allows you or blesses you with. Um, you can't be a godly woman to a godly man. Or you can't be a a woman to the best woman to a man if you're not a godly woman. You can't seek for a godly man if you're not a godly woman yourself. And so God desires us to be there in that in that aspect, if that is your calling or if that um, not your calling, but if that is something he chooses to bless you with, because uh, a man needs you there to be his helpmeet, to encourage him when he's down, to um, lift him up, to pray for him um, in his time of need um, and to just be there. You have to be um, the what is it? He's the head to the family and you're the neck. Is that what they say? That's what they say, but I don't really like that saying. Why not? Because the neck turns the head everywhere. So and what's wrong with that? Because you're basically saying you're in charge, but you're not in charge. <laughs> I don't like that saying. You know what I mean? But uh, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, it definitely makes sense. Um, so I would say that means that, that godly women are definitely needed for marriage. Mm-hmm. And I would say for me personally, I don't know about every man, because obviously Paul was a man that encouraged people to stay single. But I believe for me personally, I needed to be married in order to... Well, one, not walk to in walk sin, but to destiny. to achieve my purpose, you know, because there are some areas that I believe I wouldn't have been able to do if not marrying you or if not um, having a godly woman in my life. And I say that because I thought you were going to say something. Yeah, yeah I say that because it's just it's easy to, to assume that men are just going to walk into their purpose. Men are just going to do what they need to do. But I see a lot of men that they end up leaving church or they end up getting complacent or they end up getting lukewarm because they got married to, I'll say, a woman of the wrong influence, basically. So Shorty had the curves, but she didn't have character. You know what I mean? And it's a lot of men that they get married and then the marriage ends up, even if it doesn't fail or end a divorce, they don't end up walking closer in their purpose. Right. Like, um, if I if we talk about Proverbs thirty one, it's weird because a lot of women 
they claim that. You know what I mean? Everybody's like, oh, I'm Proverbs 31. You see it in all the captions, all the bios. It, or they don't know what it means. But they don't know what it means. And that's that's the issue because if you read Proverbs 31, none of it was about your looks. It was about how you impacted your family. Right. It was about how Character. your husband um, is praised because of just being married to mm-hmm. you. How everyone knows about you in the neighborhood because you're such a, a great mother. You're such a great wife. You're such a blessing to the kingdom. Proverbs 31 and 11 says, The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. And verse 26 says, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. So, like, along the lines of marriage, it's like, I believe a lot of men think that because they're called to lead, that they should have all the wisdom. But the Bible mentions that godly women speak with a type of wisdom, speak with a type of leadership, that they have a huge influence on families. Right. I, you know, it's funny you said that you have to, well, a godly woman will help you fulfill your purpose. I think even with, you look at godly dating. Uh, so you had this page long before I was a part of this story, long before that. And it's a dating page, but even when you were single, you had that page. Mm-hmm. And through our relationship, through us being married as a godly couple, a young godly couple, I feel as though God allowed you to... Um, walk into that purpose. I, I, I do feel like this isn't just something that happened by chance, you having such a large platform. Uh, I think that God allowed you to walk into your purpose once I got here. And I'm not saying this to be, um, I'm Hum- not trying to humble be, humble brag. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to put myself up there, but I, I don't think it has anything to do with me and everything to do with God. He needed me to be here in order to push you into your purpose, in order to reach the people that we reach, um, through this page so that souls could be saved, so that lives could be changed. Um, so yes, I definitely agree that God uses a godly woman to push you into purpose. Um, and vice versa. It's not just, um, you know, using a godly woman, but using a godly man to also push me into my purpose. Um, and one thing you mentioned about Proverbs is, um, I think you had said, um, a a godly woman, um, you know, she's wise or she, you said, you said something. Um, she opens her mouth with wisdom. Yes. So she opened her mouth with wisdom. I think in the church, especially, I think a godly woman is vital because, there are a lot of people in church, not just men, not just young men, but, um, you know, other, you know, young women who don't have parental figures in their lives or don't have um, wise voices in their lives. And as a godly woman, I think God placed us in in church to be that, you know, to be that motherly figure, to be mm-hmm. that sisterly figure, to have that wisdom to, you know, help guide others to, to Christ, mm-hmm. to be that mentor. So, um, just to make sure I'm on the same page, you're saying like godly women are needed as leaders, basically. Right. All right. Yes. So, um, obviously you guys don't go to church with us, but Safa's in this um, program at church where it's a mentorship thing. I'm in one as well, but right now we're focusing on women and it's called YLE, Young Ladies of Excellence. And I don't know how it is with the ladies in the group, but in the, the group that I have with the men, there are some boys that their parents don't go to church. Mm-hmm. There are some boys the that their mm-hmm. parents are locked up. There are some people, one of the parents are dead or, you know, some type of abusive thing, whatever. Many of them come from tragic homes. Yeah. And I think a lot of times women in general, people in general, we can get so focused on us. We can get so focused on our issues that we forget that God is calling us to help raise another generation. Mm-hmm. He's calling us to lead another generation. And I think women sometimes, they can forget, 
the amount of influence they can have on someone else's life. Because I'm sure there have been times when you were younger, you can say, oh, man, if it wasn't for X, Y, Z talking to me. Yeah, so. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, I I think God just plays. It's, I, I don't know. I feel like if it was a growing up in church when I was finding myself, um, you know, slipping away mentally, maybe not, you know, physically, like I was still in the building. But when I was slipping away mentally, I knew there was, was this one lady at my church. Her name was um, Sister Turner. And I remember um, one night I had a dream and in the dream, I stood up to give a testimony and she came to me and she was basically like, what are you talking about? You know, you don't know what you're talking about. Sit down. And I busted out. I bursted out into tears. I even woke up crying because I felt as though God was showing me or I, I felt like in the dream I did something wrong. And Sister Turner saw that I did and I ran out of church. So in my mind, I was already backsliding. I was there physically, but mentally I was I was already out the door. And I remember one Saturday I went to church and Sister Turner, um, it was a it was a fasting Saturday because we had youth fasting every Saturday, and I um, they they call for testimony service, and because of the dream, I was scared to get up because I felt like the dream was coming <laughs> to pass. I didn't want to stand up, I didn't want to say anything because I felt like Sister Turner was going to put me on the spot. I had to go to work anyway, so at the point where they called testimony, I walked out the door and left. And right when I got to my car, I got a good distance. I heard somebody come behind me and say, Sister Safa. Can I, can I, um, can you come here for a second? And I turned around and I came to her and my heart was like pounding. Wow, moment of truth. And she said to me, can I pray with you? And she literally prayed with me and everything she was saying was, was what I was going through. And I felt as though I couldn't imagine God putting a guy in my life to, it's, to, to, to have that impact. And so God puts these godly women in, uh, in church to be there, to be, um, you know, to show that love, to show that, uh, I don't want to say sympathy, but just to show a sisterly figure or a mentorship. Women are naturally nur- nurturing, right. though. Nurturing, that's the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. Um, so while, while you're saying that, um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm a ruffle feathers just yet. I know I will later, but I think it's important that you mention that because I think a lot of women, they're content with being beautiful. They're content with attending services. They're tent, you know, content with the average, but I don't think a lot of women understand the importance of them seeking God for themselves right. or them reading and studying and praying for themselves. And obviously, I don't know every woman, so you can literally hear that and ignore it. You know what I mean? If you don't be offended because, uh, you know, you got to preface that nowadays. But the fact is, many people, they aren't seeking God. So obviously, the men aren't as well, but this is not about the men. We're talking about the ladies right now, but I think it's important that to understand, you know, that prayer and studying the word of God are important keys for growth. So we have to understand that it's so needed that our women, you know, assume their roles. Like I know of a lot of people, whereas the men is more than likely the leader in the home. You know, I'm the one trying to do more Bible studies and then try to have Safa teach them or get Safa's perspective. Even if I think I understand everything God is showing me about a scripture. I want to know her perspective just so even if I don't agree with it, I don't allow her to feel as though her input is not needed or I don't want her to feel as though, you know, that God couldn't speak to her. He would have to speak to me. You know, I don't believe that God only has to speak to the husband. If God wants to speak to the woman, he'll do so as well. Um, Perfect example um, with the story of Samson and I believe it started in Judges 13, whereas the woman is she can't have a baby yet. She, you know, she's. 
wow, the word just slipped me, whatever, but she can't have a baby. She's barren. Mm -hmm. There we go. She's barren, and the angel spoke to her, letting her know that God is going to give her a child, you know, explained about Samson. And then the woman goes to tell her husband, and the husband is, you know, like, wow, you know, I want to know about this. So they're, they're, what they did was they decided to pray and say, God, send that angel again so he could confirm the word, you know, so he could tell him the word. The Bible mentions the angel came back a second time, and he went back to the woman. So the angel never went to Manoah, despite the fact that Manoah prayed. It went back to the woman. So despite the fact that the Bible doesn't tell us what Samson's mother's name was, it mentions that when they prayed, the angel showed up to her, which means that God will send angels to women as well. God will send, God will speak to women as well, even if he doesn't speak to the husband, yeah. meaning that godly women are needed because that man would have probably never heard the word. He mm -hmm. probably would have never received the word the way that she did. But because she did it, they ended up getting uh, victory over the Philistines in Israel. But right. what were you about to say, sir? Right. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, man. I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, all right, y'all got to listen to me for a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, so in regard to, you know, praying and studying the word, I believe it's important that we grasp that concept because, the Bible mentions in Psalm 119 and 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, so that's not a, a male scripture. That is a Christian scripture. Right. So godly women, they understand that importance. And women, if you're not there yet, you're lukewarm, you're still a baby in the faith, whatever, you have to grasp that, that, that concept that in order to overcome sin, you have to hide the scriptures in your heart. Right. In order for you to grow, in order for you to get over that X that you don't need to be around, you have to hide the word of God in your heart. You have to be spending time with God. And it's not something that we can just do at church because we're at church, what, two hours a week, three mm -hmm. hours a week? If you're, you know, Pentecostal, now I mean, you might be there six, but at the same time, <laughs> you're, you're, you're not at church the rest of the week. You know what I mean? And it's so much stuff that comes to bombard our minds. You know, mm -hmm. so it's important that you take time to be no, seeking God. after God for yourself. Right, right. And um, I think I think a lot of times people get caught up in, and I've heard it before, I feel like some, some of us get caught up in being a godly woman, not for uh, God, but because we want a godly man. The motives behind it is wrong. Yeah. We're not living right. We're not, you know, we're not... We call ourselves a godly woman, maybe because you just go to church, but going to church doesn't make you a godly woman. Oh, it's the life that you live. It's the character that you you exemplify. Mm. Um, you know, it's the way you treat people. It's the you know the the relationship you have with God. And I think sometimes it's so easy for us to forget that because, uh, and you know, everybody you know wants a. This is a relationship page, so everybody wants a relationship. Everyone wants that you know knight in shining armor. Wants that godly man that you know you see you know preaching and speaking and um, just living for God because you know a godly man if he loves God then he'll treat you right. But at the same time, um, you can't be a, you can't seek to be a godly woman for other people. You have to do that for yourself. You have to do Boom. that for God. You have Amen. to make sure that, remember, heaven is your goal. At the end of the day, it's not about any relationship that we could ever have. Yes, we all want to get married. Yes, we all want to be with someone. We want that, um, that come that what's the word I'm looking for? That companionship. That companionship. Ooh, but the companionship. Look at me your <laughs> the con <laughs> the companionship that we should seek ultimately is our relationship with God. That's the ultimate companionship. And before you can be a before you can um, be a godly woman to a man, or before you can be or before a man can be your husband, 
God needs to be your husband first, right? The Bible says we are, um, we are the bride of Christ and that's what we should seek to be. So I think once, um, you know, someone messaged me um, recently and she asked me, how do I be a godly woman? How do I be a godly wife? And I, I said to her, don't focus on being a godly wife, focus more on being a godly woman. Stop put the two, there are two different things. You can be a godly woman and be a godly wife, but you don't necessarily have to be a, uh, a godly wife to be a godly woman. Wait, I'm, I'm messing. You're confused. Let yeah, me, I'm confused, confusing myself. Let, let me, let me see if I can jump in there. All right. So I think, I think the person you're, you're saying is asking, how can they be a godly wife? Right. How does she, that look? Right. Mm-hmm. She asked me, um, how, how can she, is God being a godly wife and being a godly woman the same thing? Okay, so, well, now I'm confused. But my thing is, the way I would answer that or the way I would point it out is the fact that many people want to be a godly wife or a godly husband, and they're not first a godly person. Right. So you're trying to figure out how to make a good marriage with bad characteristics. Right. You're trying to make your spouse happy when you're not making God happy. You know, the Bible mentions that... When, Proverbs 16 and 7, I believe it is, when your ways please the Lord, even your enemies are at peace with you. So you can have a marriage that you guys are always at each other's neck. But when you start making sure that your actions line up with the word of God, then all of your other relationships fall into place. So I believe that person, while they're, you know, they were asking, I guess if it's a separate thing, I don't believe that every person, you know, that loves God is automatically a great spouse, you know, because if that was the case, we wouldn't have divorce in church. But at the same time, everybody who loves God doesn't always try to, doesn't always produce fruit of spirit, you know, so they may, you know, I'll be obedient to Romans, but I'm disobedient in Galatians, you know what I'm saying? So God wants to work on every part of our life, you know, so there are some areas that people are great in, so God is still working on them, but that's the same thing with marriage. So it's not like, it's not a process. The Bible mentions that God is sanctifying us. And so despite being saved, you're still being saved. You're still being delivered. So you may be a, a, for lack of better words, trash spouse today. But as God is working on you, you begin to be be more patient, more forgiving, more loving, more X, Y, Z. But, you know, so you were making good points, though, um, prior to that question that randomly confused me (laughs) with, um, you know, simply not not doing it for a spouse because it's not a matter of, you know, trying to please a spouse. It's not a matter of doing things. It's not a matter of doing things just to, just to attract that man. You know, and I believe that's what culture is pushing today. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just just don't have sex, sis, and that, that, that godly man is going to come find you. Mm-hmm. No, there are a lot of women maintaining their purity and still get flirted with by trash guys. Or some of them are still single, you know, so we can't push that narrative. It has to be because you want more of God. Right. Because I think if you seek to um, become a godly woman or a godly, you know, woman for someone else, once you get what you want, you, the, I mean, you can only start show, showing your true colors after that. So I think it's a heart matter and it has to change from deep within you. It can't be a surface level godly woman. You're a godly woman to the world, but what, like, are you changing your actions? Are you dying daily to your flesh? Are you living and, um, you know, breathing, eating, sleeping the word of God? Um, I think that's, that's, that's one thing. And as, because we're talking about marriage, another thing I want to say is, um, it's important to be a godly woman for your family. Once you get married, it's not just about you and your spouse. You got to pray for your family. You got to cover them because the enemy is after them. 
as a wife, that's something I've realized. As a mother, that's something I've realized. The devil will 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 try to steal, kill, and devour if he can. And you have to be you have to be prayerful. You have to be watchful. You have to allow God to use you to be a godly woman, um, not just for yourself but for your family. Right, right. That was good. I mean, and and it's crazy. You know, I think it's a good balance. Um, I'm from a church where it's a whole lot of praying about spiritual warfare and it's, you know, binding devils and X, Y, Z. And then there's a lot of people that come from churches where they don't mention the devil unless they're just saying the devil is defeated. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, while I'm saying my side, we may have over-spiritualized some things. I think there's some people on the other side, they don't see the the attacks that could be coming for real, you know, because... It's really no telling what God has protected you from. And you have no idea. You know, so there's a lot of people that'll be like, you'll see a quote on the internet, marry a godly man because when temptation arises, he'll go to the Lord instead of to the woman. To the woman. Um, David was a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. And he took that man's wife. So please do not think you cannot fall into sin because you love God. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Um, let him who thinks he's standing take heed lest you fall because it doesn't matter how firm you think you are spiritually. You can still fall into sin. So a lot of women, it doesn't matter how how firm you think you are. Um, poor choice of words. <laughs> it doesn't matter how um, spiritual, how stable you think you are spiritually. Mm-hmm. It's still needed to pray for your um, for yourself, for your future, for your family and things along that nature. And, you know, you might want to, you know, grab your grab your bonnet or grab a cup of water before we get into the next part because I know I'm about to make some people mad. (laughs) Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, just wanted to tell you about a new cool uh, journal that I've been using lately. It is called The Between Places, 100 Days to Trust God When You Don't Know What's Next by Stephanie Mae Wilson. And the reason why I love this journal so much, it's a prayer journal and it allows me to have a safe space where I can talk to God about my thoughts, my concerns, my 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 prayers, anything I want to talk to God about, um, especially if you're in a time in your life where you're between a place where you're not sure what's going to happen, you're not sure where God is taking you, um, just put your thoughts on paper, trust God, and allow him to allow you to focus on him instead of the problem. I will leave the description down in the description box, or I will leave the code down in the description box below. Um, the code is godly. If you type in godly, G-O-D-L-Y, you should be able to get your discount. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> but... I'm going to say it because I don't want y'all getting mad at my my precious wife, but godly women are not gossip girls. Like, where do I don't get it. You know, like, I don't get why. All right, let let me stop. Nobody can get mad at that. Men are men are messy, too. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of men that's gossiping in the church, but we ain't talking about the brothers today. Sisters, we talking about y'all. <laughs> What's up with all the gossip? Right. And and not everybody's like that because I'm not with it. Like you yeah, already yeah, yeah. know. <laughs> you, you are definitely um someone I realized was drama free. That that's what made this choice very easy. Like 
I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, no, I I agree. I think um I don't know uh, maybe it's I don't want to say it's in a female's nature or in a woman's nature to talk too talk much. a lot. We talk a lot. We talk a lot, and sometimes before you even realize that you said too much or you start talking <laughs> about something you shouldn't talk about, right? Oh, yeah. So I I think that a lot of people don't realize they're gossiping. They don't not till after the fact. Um, but I think that um. One a part about changing and and dying daily to your flesh is making a conscious effort and an intentional um, decision to to realize or to be just conscious of of the things you say and the things you do on a daily basis because that's the only way you'll recognize them in order to kill it. Yeah, I think I think um, that's a good point, and I guess the way to put it is just a matter of allowing um, the fruit of spirit to be produced because typically. If I'm gossiping, all right, so I'm going to mention my boy Sean, because Sean, my homie, I know he's going to listen to this podcast, and I know he's not going to be offended. But if I'm, it's one thing if Sean is doing something big, and I'm just like, hey, yo, soft, Sean got something going on, man. I'm I'm so proud of him. I could say that behind his back, and it's not a problem. Right. You know what I mean? But if Sean does something, and I'm like, bro, did you hear Sean mixtape? That thing flopped. It was wet. You know what I mean? That's not something I would say to his face. So why is it something I'm saying behind his back? Right. And that shows that there's a character flaw in me that I feel the need to put him down to make myself feel better. Or there's a need to make other people look stupid so I look praised. Right. Or so I can and or I Or you feel like you gotta be the share of information that's not even yours to share. You know what I'm saying? Girl, did you hear about so and so? Did you hear that, you know, her mom this and her auntie this and her dad this and her baby this and she's having this, like it's not your it's not your place to say anything. Listen, and I know you think you're just giving out information and it doesn't seem like gossip, but it is. I know I know some people sign up for the non denominational shade room, um, Instagram, first God of um Christ, you know, whatever church. <laughs> <laughs> but um I believe that there's something that we really need to work on in the body of Christ because there are too many believers that find themselves in gossip and when you find yourself in gossip, you you don't have enough time to spread the gospel. Mm. So there are a lot, and, and myself included, because I know I've entertained foolishness that right. I had no business listening to. But at the same time, I can't witness to Safa about, oh, um, I can't tell Safa, hey, come to my church, man. It's a it's a move of God there. And then in the next breath, be like, boy, don't sit by so-and-so because right. they just did. And I'm just like, now you're putting other people down. So I, that's just something I want people to be careful of. But I, I think the, the last point we wanted to mention could be a bit... Uh, touchy feeling get get some people in their feelings but um i want to start it off because i want you to understand why i brought this topic up so this is one of the parts that i brought this off out because i want her to address um but it's just the issue of modesty i believe that godly women are needed because modesty is something that's slowly going out the window and i don't mean in hollywood i don't mean whoever listening to the wap or or however they pronounce it i I mean the fact that in the church, right. modesty is going out the window. And I'm not saying, listen, I, y'all know I grew up in apostolic Pentecostal background. So y'all know I'm all with the skirts. Y'all know sisters in jeans. What is that? A, abomination. Hellfire. You know, so y'all know I grew up in that. But I don't believe modesty is a matter of the the actual item you have on, but the, the, the what's coming out of your heart. What's causing you to wear a mini skirt? And then demanding men to respect you. What's causing you to... And and listen, sisters, get mad if you want, but somebody somebody has to tell you. But all of this cleavage, as a man, I want you to know, if I'm scrolling or, 
you know, swiping on Instagram and my wife is just randomly looking at my phone with me and I have to swipe past your picture fast. It's not a matter of I'm hiding something. It's a matter of you just being trifling. Like, come on, man. Like, it's and a I ma- think and I think that's the biggest thing with modesty. I think you you have we have to keep in mind that as women of God, as um, you know, as godly women, we we are not just being modest for ourselves. We have to keep in mind that there are brothers, um, our brothers in Christ that are you know around us especially at church and um we have to be modest for them because we don't want to cause them to fall right so we we make sure that we don't we don't dress a certain way uh as far as you know our clothes being too tight too short things like that cleavage showing because we want to make sure that he gets to heaven too right we care about we care about his soul as well and i think that's that's a big part of it what were you gonna say uh yeah so um because because the issue of modesty, especially when you're not speaking with someone face to face, you know, it's it's kind it's kind of hard to to get what we're really trying to say. My my goal is not to get on here and tell women loosen up your outfit, oh um put on a longer pair of at whatever, oh what is that? It looks like I can see something. No no no, take that off, go change. That's not the goal of what this section is about. I want to make it clear that modesty is an issue of the heart. And what churches do, they make it an issue of dressing. Right. Modesty is way bigger than what you have on because it's very easy to have on the longest skirt in the world, the most covered up dress for me to be in a suit and tie and still be driven by lust. It's very easy for me to look at that woman, half dressed and say, oh, I'm lusting after her because she doesn't have on clothes. But I know in my heart I have a lust issue and I'm still lusting after her. When she looks like a nun, you know what I mean? So it's not a matter of saying a specific outfit makes you more modest than the next one. But the issue is, if you know something is inappropriate to the fact that it, it could... Like some people, they want to wear certain things around their pastor, but they're fine wearing it on Instagram. To me, that's hypocritical because you're looking at... Your, you have a fear of men, like you have a healthy respect for what your pastor, your parents or whatever might say... But when you get on social media or when you are around your friends, it's perfectly okay to 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 um, lay back on your right. Christian standards. When in reality, God is watching us at all times, and it's not a matter of being modest so that I can attract a godly man. No, it's a it's a matter of being modest because my heart has been changed. You know, so if we say. God is working on me from the inside out. God has changed me. God has delivered me from porn. God has delivered me from fornication. God has delivered me from my anxiety, my fears. And we go down the list of everything God has delivered us from, but we still look like we could walk out to church and go straight to the nightclub. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. No, Safa I agree. doesn't want to talk about it. No, she no, wants no. Me to not, get it's not that throat, I don't y'all. want to talk about it, but I, I think that modesty is something I know I've struggled with in the past. Um, I wasn't, when I was in high school, I mean, I grew up in the church. Okay. I grew up in the church. I've been wearing, you know, long skirts and, and, you know, pretty much modest clothing my whole life. But when I got, when I became a teenager and when I got to high school, my skirts started getting shorter and shorter and my shirt started getting lower and lower. And I think the reason why is because I wanted to fit in. Honestly, I stood out like a sore thumb. First of all, I was a church girl and my skirts were so long and I just I just looked different from everybody else. I think that even if it's not just about my clothes, but it was just the way I carried myself, I already seemed really different. And so I wanted to fit in. And I think, um, like Tavar said, it's a heart matter. My heart was in the wrong place. 
and it showed. It started to show. It started to show that I was backsliding mentally from God. I, was, I wasn't reading as much anymore. I wasn't praying. I was seeking to please the world and not please him. And then once I got to myself and said, Safa, this isn't you. This isn't you. This isn't, you know, your body's a temple. No one, none of these guys at school need to be seeing, you know, your, your, your breast, leg, and your, thighs. Your hoo-ha. Exactly. I started to realize, like, what, what is my motive? What, why am I doing this? This isn't even me. And so I started to, um, you know, of course, it took me to, until I graduated high school, but I started to, you know, dress the, the way I feel God wants me to dress. I started to, you know, cover up, basically. I'm not saying I wore the longest skirts in the world, but I didn't show, you know. And, and please don't think that she's implying that because even after marriage I'd be like babe I, I don't think that's modest and so I was, <laughs> right. and so I was looking at it like ain't nothing um, wrong with this ain't nothing wrong with this you know what I mean so <laughs> don't think it's a point where you arrive there's always something even listen you could be preaching and pastoring and doing whatever for all these years and someone could still find a way to be offended and they mm-hmm. could be wrong yep. or two you could very well think and have a pure heart because onto the pure all things are all things are pure but everyone else doesn't look at you with a pure heart and many people can stumble because of what you're wearing right. and that's something you honestly have to understand especially me saying that as a guy i'm not saying that like lord have mercy like i can't even work out anymore at the gym because i'm just going to die of lust that's not what i'm saying but it's it's about being mindful of understanding that yes men must control their lust but you must also be respectful and not agitated. You mm. can't you can't provoke someone to do something and then say, "Well, that's their problem." But I just want to um, leave a point regarding what you just said regarding the, your body being a temple, and you're not trying to please other people, realizing you know you were just doing stuff to fit in. I think a lot of people, like especially when in, in the comment section, the angriest people in the world live in the comment section. Like I have no idea what makes them so mad, but. When you mention things like modesty, people are always commenting, it's my body. I do what I want. You can't tell me what to do with my body. Oh, oh yeah, I know the Bible says no fornication. I literally saw somebody say, yeah, but look at the world by the end. And you telling me I can't even use my toys? That's what people were saying. I was looking at it like, oh, I saw that in the comment section. I was like, this is getting messy. Uh, before you go. But the reason I brought it up is because the, the, we don't understand. We love to say this is my body, but it's not. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're calling yourself a Christian, your body is not yours. Your body belongs to God. It belongs to God. You were purchased, which means what you wear must now be pleasing to God. Right. What you do must now be pleasing to God. What you listen to, the friends you keep, that's modesty. the man you're dating. It's not just about the clothes. Exactly, because you could listen, you could wear whatever you want. What you listening to? And you popping that, you popping that thing, listening to that wop, everything whopping and <laughs> what? what listen, wop? listen exactly. Don't look it up. <laughs> uh, I was disgusted. I could not watch that video, but it's just like seriously, and it's godly women, godly women that you you would think are godly from the outside because of how they dress, and then they're talking about. I think. Come on. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. Become, you needed to. We become desensitized a lot of the time. Yes, there, there. You know, there, there are Christians who are dressing and you know, um, you know, wearing wearing things and listening to things and hanging with people they shouldn't hang because we've become desensitized. A lot of, um, you know, the media is involved in this. The media drives this generation. Sex sells, and if we are, I mean, the things we allow ourselves to watch and we think are just simple. Um, you know, uh, 
non-guilty pleasures, I should say. Yeah, not, nothing's wrong with this show, but you don't know what you're letting into your soul. And before you notice, your dress starts changing, the way you talk starts changing, the way you, the people you hang with start changing. So I feel like we've just become desensitized to this. And I think the moral of being modest is, one, could you wear it? If God was standing in front of you right now, <laughs> would you feel comfortable wearing it in front of him? Or would you feel comfortable listening to it in front of him? Would you feel comfortable... That's that's the thing because at the end of the day we're here to we are audience at once exactly audience Audience, we are here to please God and two I feel like if you don't want to wear it to a job interview you shouldn't be wearing it anywhere else (laughs) Uh, I've seen don't don't wear the business suit to the beach y'all but you get the point (laughs) (laughs) right and uh, no I I really do think that you know if 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 you don't feel like it's something you can wear in front of God if if he was here like in living flesh in front of you just don't do it at all that's the basis of modesty. I mean, and a lot of people, I feel like they don't get that concept. And it could just be a maturity thing, but I believe it's just the the fact that it's a concept I heard growing up. Dress the way you want to be addressed. I could not leave the house without a belt on. It didn't matter if my pants were tight and they stayed on my waist. My dad is like, put a belt on or put on some cologne. I'm like, dad, I'm going to the park. No, it's just because when you walk out, you are now representing me right. and you are not about to go out there looking like a scrub. You know what I mean? And it's a matter of, you know, we do. Yeah, I looked at it like, well, my dad is making sure I look mature because everybody at our park was sagging and all that. And I know I'm talking about, uh, you know, from a mess point of view, but he knew. Yeah. But when you come from this home, this is how we operate from this home. Right. So, yeah, I get Johnny and Susie right. dress and do whatever they want. I know they're keeping up with the Kardashians. I know they're looking like X, Y, Z. But when you come out of this home, right. we look different out of this home. Mm-hmm. We have me. a different culture in this home. So when you say you are coming out of the world and you now represent the kingdom culture, you must operate differently from the culture come of this on. world. Mm. Babe, they don't know that I'm ready to cook. I'm, I'm ready to call this altar call. No, Listen, agree. we have to be different. And I'm not saying we have to be weird. God didn't deliver us from our cultural... Um, you know, our cultural, you know, the, the way we're just blessed with culture, you know, you, you could tell black people dress this way, white people dress this way, Hispanic people, like we just carry ourselves a certain way, a certain pride in our, our islands, a certain mm-hmm. pride in our neighborhood. God is not telling you to no longer be black or no longer be white, no longer be Hispanic, whatever you are. That's not saying stop being that. He's saying you can do that. You can, he can, he wants to deliver you from the world's concept. So while the world is telling you, oh, if you just show a little bit of this, you get more likes on your picture. You get more people to um, be interested. You're single at 32. That means you're not showing enough cleavage. And then as soon as you show that cleavage, your DMs are flooding, sis. So now you think it's okay. But in reality, you got the attention that you weren't supposed to have. So God is not trying to stop you from being yourself. He's not trying to say, oh, curvy sisters, um, chubby sisters, and skinny sisters should all be dressing the same. That's not what God is trying to do. He's not trying to stop you from being you. He's just trying to stop you from being like the world. Mm. So we have to emulate his will. The Bible calls women um, and and men, because I don't know why some of these brothers are in the tightest pants looking like leggings, but um, they're calling calling us to a standard of modesty and standard of holiness. And holiness is something that's inward and outward. Mm. And daily we should be just looking at ourselves like, Okay, yeah, I don't feel as though I'm a stumbling block. Or okay, I don't feel as though this this would be a spiritual issue for someone else type of thing. Yeah, no, I I think I don't know, I think that's the underlying problem. I feel like we as a gener I don't want to say a generation, but 
I feel like we sometimes, or some of us, um, I don't know if we're afraid of holiness, but it's become something that we don't use. Yes, yeah, we use so modesty, taboo. but we don't we don't associate it with holiness. Nobody wants to be holy. You don't want to be too holy. Holier like they make it now. sound exactly. It, it it we make it sound so like it's something that we shouldn't want to be. When that is ex- that is that is everything we should want to be. That, because see, God is holy. That's how the holy. devil works. That's how the devil works. So God tells you, "Be holy, for I am holy." And the devil makes someone laugh at you and say, "Look at you being holier than now." Or he says, "Ah, uh, you want to be suit? You look at you. You super saint. Like, look at this. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, what you about to do? Speaking tongues? Like, and he makes you. He makes. He sends people to mock you over things that you should be proud of. You should be proud that someone in the world says you dress differently. Right. You should be proud that someone in the world says she don't never want to gossip. Right. She thinks she's better than us. You should be proud when somebody's looking at you like, oh, my God, here she goes. She want to pray again. I bet she invited us to church today. Every time right. I talk to her, she wants us to come to her church. You should be proud. That, that is a good problem right. to have because you don't. You think you're being the weirdo. You think you're being odd. But God is looking at you pleased. So while everyone else is mocking you. Right hear this everyone that is mocking you for loving god is going to mock you more when you turn away from him mm. everyone that says oh my gosh here she go in that skirt again she thinks okay women can't wear pants you know what i mean and then they go mock you for what you believe in and then they go say all of these wrong things say all these things about you and they bash your character but the moment you change up to fit in I knew she wasn't real. Right, I thought you uh, said you were a Christian. Oh, oh, she Pentecostal on Sundays, but she non-denominational right. today. Like then they go to my. Yeah, I mean holiness, holiness is right. It might not always be the popular thing. Modesty, holiness always, might right. not. But hey, narrow is the gate. So we shouldn't always seek to 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 be where popularity is or do what we see everybody else doing. So. And on that note, (laughs) listen, y'all, if you want more of this material, I'm sorry I waited so long to even say this because so many people heard holiness and tuned out. But if you are here and you love this podcast, we have some exclusive episodes coming for you all. Like we have an interview coming in and we're going to be putting all these things on Patreon. So there are a lot of people that tune into the podcast. We get all kinds of messages and people sharing it, saying how they love it, they've been impacted. But we want to do stuff that's special for Patreon family. We want to go into Bible studies as well because there's a lot of people that want godly relationships. So they come on this podcast, which is good. But there are a lot of people that want God as well. You know, so we're doing stuff off of, you know, all these apps because we want to focus more on the the crowd that actually, you know, wants to grow. The crowd actually supports us. But when it comes to recording, when it comes to editing for YouTube, when it comes to all these things, it does require money. So if you are in a position that you're able to give on Patreon, it does start as low as a dollar, you know, like five dollars, I think. But consider subscribing. Consider checking it out. The link is going to be in the description box. And ladies, give it a, give it, give a hand, a round of applause for my lovely wife who decided oh, to bless it. us with her <laughs> heavenly voice. But we appreciate you guys for listening to the end. And we're praying that God Thanks, continues guys. to work on you all. Yes. Thank you so much for your support, for listening, um, for putting up with this guy on the podcast every week, even when I'm not here. (laughs) I'm kidding. But no, really, thank you guys. Yeah, man, we appreciate you guys. And as always, we'll see you next Thursday. Peace. Peace.